Hey, this is Scott Hartnell, and you're listening to Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to Music City Gold, hosted by Penalty Box Radio. I'm Kyle, your host. With me, as always, are Daniel and Matt. Hello. Hey, guys. Guys, how was your weekend? Pretty good, actually. Uh, I ran the middle half marathon in Murfreesboro. Yes, I worked that, and I saw you running by and looked like you were about to die. Uh, pretty much. Got a little hot towards the end. It felt like miles 11 through 12 were never going to happen. And then, of course, that last mile, you're just super motivated to cross the finish line and get some much uh, deserved reward. They give you uh, pizza and donuts at the end. So, Matt, those are your two favorites. And <laughs> Maybe I should run next man, year. I'm telling you, it motivates you towards the end because you're like, yep, I'm ready for it. Well, I know that I saw plenty of people running because I know that the middle half is, what is it? They just basically just do it for charity? Uh, I don't really know about that. I know that the, the city of Murfreesboro puts it on and there was a lot of complaints due to traffic and stuff, but... Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, you, were doing, you were doing traffic, right? I was doing traffic and I was running the Bel Air Baptist Church. And I thought, normally when you do marathons, you shut down the roads that people are running on. Nope. No, they didn't. Matt's over here looking at me like... Wow. No, they'll they'll still direct traffic. Like So when there's brakes and runners, they'll really, you know, rush two or three cars in between runners, which is kind of sketchy. On the road I was on, the runners were running on one lane in the shoulder. The lane next to them was cars going through. Yeah, it's Rutherford. He was on Rutherford. It was a... Interesting seeing everybody run. I know I saw Daniel, a couple of people, and I couldn't help but kind of make fun of the way a couple people were running. Because when you see people run like that, and by like mile 11 or 12, you're dead. Yeah, you're dead. You don't <laughs> care. Like, take a line from you, Matt. I saw somebody throwing bows as he was uh, going down the road. You got that ugly face on. You're just trying to get through it at that point. You got point. sweat dripping down you. Now, what I do say is commendable are the people that was doing the race in the wheelchairs. Oh, my goodness. Those guys were beasts. I saw a picture of some military guy who did it like a, with a rucksack on his back. Yep. That's intense. Yeah, they were doing that. Uh, I saw a couple of people on prosthetics run. I mean, it, it was pretty impressive with um, the wheelchair, actually. I was turning right onto Main Street, and to put this in perspective, you turn right onto Main Street, and then you have to turn right and go to like to, you know, Andrew Jackson's house, come back down, turn back on the main street, go around the courthouse, and then come all the way back on the other side of Maine. As I turned for my first time on Maine, the wheelchairs were passing on the other side of Maine. And I'm like, nope. I mean, the upper body strength required for that, incredible. So hats off to those guys. I do know there was one guy who was actually, I found out, running the marathon as training for the Boston Marathon that he qualified for. That's cool. That's cool. So besides the marathon, uh, I know... um, Daniel survived. Matt and I <laughs> took early. Our, Matt and I took our first crack at amateur hockey reporting. Uh, him and I started uh, working. Uh, you know, we do the show on Penalty Box Radio. We've now become contributors for the Nash Hockey Program, which is, I believe, stands for the Greater Nashville Area Scholastic Hockey. So, we, good job, Kyle. Yes, <laughs> took me a second to think about it. Uh, we both worked Monday night. We're recording this on Tuesday during the last period of the Colorado Avalanche game. 
So there's a good chance that we'll once, update. yeah, once the game's <laughs> over, we'll just kind of slide it all into our retinue here. We've got set up for the night. But Matt, what'd you uh, think about covering the high school team? Which teams did you have? I had uh, Nolansville slash Brentwood, and they played Franklin Hume Fog. Apparently, some academy. That's the end of their academy's name. wasn't quite familiar with that, but that's who played. And uh, yeah, I had a great time covering that. I, I had had a blast. It's interesting looking from things, looking at things from a different perspective, and and having to take notes and critique. And of course, I'm really great at critiquing anyway. But uh, <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had a great time and uh, took the wife and we sat and and watched some great hockey. No, I did the uh, game for uh, Innsworth, Oakland, and Mount Juliet. And that was a pretty fun game. I enjoyed it. Um, I made friends with the scorekeeper because I didn't want to sit in the stands. So she's <laughs> like, oh, you can sit with me. And it was interesting looking at it from an unbiased perspective because you truly have to be a neutral party and you have to talk about, well, the team that you might be rooting for did really bad. And the team that you want to do bad actually won. So it was a very interesting take. Our articles are actually on Penalty Box Radio. If you go to the site, uh, you can click on the uh, high school area of the site and you can pull down and see our articles. Did you guys notice any differences as far as like penalty calls or like how they track stuff as far as stats in high school hockey? I know for a fact that uh, the shots on goal were different. The way the NHL does it, if the goaltender touches it, it counts as a shot on goal. High school does not do that. The scorekeeper lady told me that they count as a shot on goal anything that would go into the net. So if he shoots it at the goalie and it goes wide, it doesn't count. I feel like you really have to be paying attention for that too because, I mean, it's hard to determine on certain angles if a shot's going to go in. But I, I could see the over-the-net stuff, like if, if a, a goaltender raises up to catch or maybe the side of a net because uh, you see that a lot where it's off net and the goaltender will just scoop it up just to... uh freeze the play so that's kind of interesting that there's slight variations in, it's a uh, little different also because um the refs there's only two refs in the game wow that's that's there's a lot going on in the ice for two refs yeah so i mean i thought it was great i had a good time you know matt and i will we'll be back there next monday night for our next round of games if you want to go watch the uh, nash hockey uh it's done at the ford ice center and the centennial sportsplex in downtown nashville so now with that out of the way Let's get into the, I guess what I'd say, the meat and potatoes of the podcast, which is Fred's regular season is here, and we are five, almost six almost games in. Almost six. We are, what, where are we at here? We have 11 minutes and 57 seconds left for the third period of Power the Avalanche play Preds two. game. Boom. All right. We got it on in the background here, but five games done. Yep. So uh, Preds opened up the uh, season with a road game against Boston. Pretty disappointing. Just a bit. Preds had a very strong comeback in the third period. You know, we had goals by Forsberg, Hartnell, and uh, Arvidsson. So it was good to see those see uh, those three get on the board super early compared to Forsberg taking a while to heat up. It's just that was a too little, too late. or They just waited too long to capitalize on those power plays. We were very sloppy. And to be honest, we've taken a ton of penalty minutes, even through five games. But that first game was terrible the one um, thing i did like out of the boston game is that hartnell brought a net front presence oh i mean hartnell is all up in that net area he's he's getting to the places he needs to be we'll talk about this later but the uh home opener man, they pulled hartnell in there just to run as a linebacker i felt like he was just pushing people in front of the net so we'll we'll get into that later but i thought game one you know yossi looked pretty good he he had some great keep-ins on the power play 
Craig Smith looked terrible. No elevation on the back. <laughs> uh, I mean, backhand. But once again, actually, he he's been proving me a little wrong. He's looking a little better this well, year. He had one goal so far. I think he has an assist tonight too. He had okay. the he had the dish. Yeah, on this okay. game. So he he's looking better, but he's much faster this year. I'll give him that. Last year, he just he just did not look motivated. So. It's marginal, but it's funny you talk about Craig Smith year. because I was telling a girl at work about the podcast because I had to go fix her email and she said something about the Preds. I was like, "Oh, it's like I'm a Preds fan, you know, I do this." And we spent 15 minutes talking about Craig Smith. God, there was that much to talk about. <laughs> it was I mean, like, it was more of the disappointment of the season he had last year in the hopes that he does better this yeah, season. I mean, I really hope he does better. Anyway, so moving on. So the next game was a Stanley Cup final oh, rematch between. Nashville and Pittsburgh. Was it a rematch? Because we got smoked 4-0. Are you kidding? Well, given our history in that building, I was not surprised that we did not come out with a win. I thought maybe we would get a um, goal, but I was not really expecting the shutout. Too many penalties, once again. Undisciplined play. Was a little surprised we started Saros um, on the second game of the season because Peck is still pretty fresh, but I know historically Peck has not played well there. So I I get the decision, but at the same time, it's like, it's the second game, guys. You know Peck's fresh. But Peck has looked really solid in all of the games so far, so I, I don't know. I will say this, though. You know who we kept off the score sheet goal-wise for the Pittsburgh game? Mm. Kept Sidney Crosby off. Didn't matter, though. We got crushed. He picked up two assists, but, you know... I do feel a little better that he didn't get a goal. So now we get to the best thing that happened, which was <laughs> Daniel and I went to the Philadelphia Flyers game against Nashville for the home owner. Home owner. <laughs> home owner. The home, home owner. Home opener and the banner raising. He's which, so excited he couldn't even pronounce home opener. So. Yes. So if you're at the game, you actually were given a miniature uh, Western Conference banner. Which was yeah. cool. It's going to be at my work. Mine's hanging at my work, too. Matt, did you get to watch the game from home? Yeah, I watched it. Didn't get the banner, but <laughs> didn't get the full experience. No consolation prize, but... I know a lot of people took flack over Nashville raising the banner, but they don't understand what this organization has went through just to get to this point. So I felt that we were correct in giving a banner raising for literally our very first banner. It, it was our first banner, guys. Give us a break. We're going to make it a big deal. It'd be different if it was like our 10th banner. If it's Chicago or Detroit or somebody like that who's raising their you know 50th banner in the rafters, it's a little different. It was our first banner for 20 years. The team almost left. Yes, it was special. Give us 15 minutes to get it over with. You know, I mean, I watched full-grown men cry at this game <laughs> just because they were raising a banner. Because I cried. Yeah, I mean... It, Give us the 15 minutes. It's just, it was whatever, you know. Uh, and it was good. It was well done. It wasn't cheesy. It was pretty straightforward. It was nice seeing uh, Fisher back on the ice for the, the raising of it. Uh, I did like that. That was a good touch and nod to the captain who was on the team at the time. Yeah, I thought it was a, it meant a lot to the organization. Yeah, y'all did take some flack, but who cares what everybody else says? Y'all are going to take flack for whatever. So it meant a lot to the organization. Y'all did a good job. So yeah, why not celebrate that for sure? I mean, we won it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Y'all, y'all gonna hate us because we we won other, it. And other teams have that too. I know Dallas has has one of those, and a couple other teams. I know. Yeah, it's just I, I don't I didn't really get it. It's everyone's salty that they didn't win, so it's like whatever. So we're just gonna nitpick and make fun of you for 
making a big deal for an accomplishment that was major to our organization and a huge step forward for us uh, in the future. So, I do know that with us getting this banner, the expectations for us have been significantly raised this year. Now, whether we meet no the pun expectations, intended. yes, no pun intended. <laughs> Didn't mean to do that, but fantastic. <laughs> whether it happens or not, we'll see. Now, I will say this was probably. In true Preds fashion, probably the most nerve-wracking games I've ever attended in my life. I have never seen a game take this much of momentum swing both ways and then come to an end where people just leave, leave going, what the heck just happened? I was in a glass case of emotion. I needed blood pressure medicine afterwards. I mean, it literally, if you had a chart of the game, I mean, it was just perfectly straight up, boom, straight yeah. down, straight back up again. I mean, literally... There was no in-between. You're like, yeah, we come out firing three goals. Hartnell, in his return back to Nashville, scores two goals. Gritty goal. I mean, he had that first one that was just a ripper off uh, Aberg. That big, juicy rebound on the left-hand side, and he just ripped it past uh, the keeper. And uh, that was great to see for him to get on the board. The crowd was pumped up. Three goals. Then it started getting sloppy. We started taking penalties. The ref gave him about two penalties. It was some nice... Uh, freebies in there and the then penalties were stupid <laughs> yeah. it seemed like the entire night and i told you this too it felt like a national player was going to have to get decapitated <laughs> for a penalty to be called against the flyers actually it was funny because we we said in uh what was it the third period a player is going to have to get tackled and ekholm got tackled and then consequently got back up and got tripped and that's how we got on the five on three I mean, it was it was pretty rough to see, but man, they hung five straight on us, and oh. the the energy in that building, it was like deflating. I mean, I was ticked. I wasn't even close to being happy. I, I it was those three goals boiling over at that point. Those three goals that the Flyers came back to tie us all happened within five minutes. So you've got goal number three for the Preds came from Nick Benino at five eleven to the second period. You didn't have McDonald. 1019, Patrick, 1035, and then Philpula at 15.05. Literally just it was like one, two, three, and the momentum just left the building. The crowd was out of it. I was like, okay, we're good. And then you get into the third period, and then uh Kanincy gets one, and now it's four three. He was on edge, and then Phil Pula gets his fifth on the power play. It's his second second crushing. goal of the night in his fifth, and people just start leaving. And I was like, this is going to suck if we lose our home opener. Yeah, and go 0-3, by the way, because we just dropped the first two. That is not... I mean, that's a typical Pred start. Whatever. I mean, that start to October, we're slow as, slow as molasses. But sure enough, they scored that fifth power play goal. And I leaned over to Kyle, and I think I said... I did say, if we can get one quick here, the energy will come back yeah, into the arena. Start turning the momentum around. The energy will be back. And then guess who answers the call? The person who is usually non-existent yeah. for the first yeah. <laughs> two months of the year, Forsberg comes in with an absolute incredible top shelf goal. He was sniping that night, first of all, and it is incredible to see. And we'll talk a little bit more here in a second on that. He has been incredible for through five games. He already has nine points now. That's counting tonight. Counting tonight, if we count the two assists, this game's not even over. He has nine points through six games. That is the best start. And a good sign for us as far as... Great sign. I mean, we went 2-5-1 and one last year starting, to, start the to start the season in our first eight games. If we're 2-2-1 two, two and one right now, looks like we're going to win this one, 3-2-1. and one. That's already better than last year through six games, 
And then on top of it, Forsberg looks hot. The Jofa line looks hot. RV looks like he can score from almost anywhere right now. He's literally, he's flying across the ice. So um, that said, Forsberg came up huge with that goal. Reignited the crowd, and we were right back in it. And then the wheels started coming off. And then this is where we get into some of the nitty gritty with the offsides challenge call that bit us in the butt in the finals. It was, yeah, it was so weird because it's 5-3, we score, and then Hackstall decides that the play's offsides. And I leaned over to Daniel and I Rather, said... Rather, he wants to challenge it. Yeah, challenge the goal for offsides. And I leaned over to Daniel and I was like, there's no way that play is offsides. They've waited way too long to call it and the ref was right there on the line and didn't call it. Now, some of the flack that got on Twitter against the Flyers was, did he remember that if they lost the offside challenge for the goal that they're getting two minutes in the box for delay a game. Do you think he forgot it? I don't know if he forgot it or not. That seems a stretch. If all the fans in the crowd knew about the rule too, because everyone was talking about it, as soon as they started challenging it, they were like, wait, we're on a five on three. One player comes out for scoring the goal. But if they lose, we go back on a five on three. And everyone in the crowd knew it. There was not a single one educated you know, uneducated fan in Smashville. And if they were uneducated, they were quickly educated as to what was going on. Yeah. And of course, when the play got overturned and it was, or not overturned, the call on the ice was confirmed rather, literally the crowd was like yelling on the field, like put him in the box because he was still on, he was still on the, uh, the bench. They were going to try to like, I don't know, kind of casually get over there like, oh, it's what's a five on four. And they put him in the box and that was, that's a gutsy call it was very um, gutsy. as far as challenging the offsides rule. But I also think now that this game is going to be used across the league for coaches as a reference to say, hey, you might want to be 100% sure before you challenge it because that can bite you in the butt big time. And, and that did. And that led uh, Scott Hartnell to tie the game up. And then at 1924, our man Forsberg... Again, with a snipe. the game-winning goal. And you could just tell the Flyers were ticked. But at the same time, this is the new rule, and that is why they implemented it. For a check on coaches. They can't willy-nilly call for an offsides and uh, get away with it now. Uh, I think you have to be fairly confident, especially at this point in the game. Third period, you're already on a five-on-three. I don't know personally if I would have done that. I mean, there there were some risky calls in that game regardless. I mean, the first five-on-three, we actually pulled Peck and went six-on-three with Hartnell running, I mean, freaking linebacker. in the He was literally just pushing people in and out of the lane as the shots were coming in. Just boom, in and out. Fantastic. And that also tied up another person to get the rebound. So there were some gutsy calls by both coaches, but I I couldn't believe, honestly, that the Philadelphia Flyers challenged it one and that we were actually on the good side of a call for once and that I think this rule actually is going to be good moving forward to keep coaches in check. Yeah, I like the rule as well. I, I think moving forward, it will help to keep the coaches uh, in check there with that. And also, you mentioned uh, taking chances on the power play. You're seeing across the league, teams are starting to uh, switch their formations a little bit. Some teams are going to a new style where they're trying new things on the penalty kill. For instance, having three forwards and only one defenseman to try to pick up the play and and 
keep play in the other end of the ice a little more, trying to switch things up a little bit. That is true. And you talk about the defenseman, you know, who made their debut for the home game, Samuel Gerrard. And he was amazing. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. He's obviously he's very raw talent. He has some things that he does need to work on. I mean, he's 19. He was obviously. born in 98. Uh, it, it's crazy. What were you doing in 98? Not playing hockey. But um, first of all, he has some great moves. He's fast. And one thing that has been shocking is his shot, actually. Um, when he scored his first goal the other night, he has a great slap shot. Very high rising. He actually gets elevation on it. That's what I'm talking about. Um, no, Matt. <laughs> um, yes, he has been fantastic, but yes, there is room for improvement, and we will continue to improve that the more game time he gets. The, he's just getting used to our system now. He's uh, he's going to be great. I, I really think he's going to be a good fit, other than some other people on our team like Emelyn. It, well, it, it was, struggled a little bit. So We're certainly glad to see how well Gerard did do, considering we've had some gaps on defense. We've got Yossi Hurt. Emelyn's not really, I mean, excelling. But you had Gerard come in there and bring some fresh life. He's got uh, fast. He, I think he's got three points now. Yeah, he's got a goal. And he's got two assists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk about a fresh start for him in a first NHL game, first second NHL games. He had his family there. Oh yeah, that that was fantastic. Seeing his uh, that had to be an ecstatic moment for them. They I think they just got jerseys too. But we're not only down. We, we were down Yossi. He finally came back for this game uh, with Colorado. But we were also down Ellis. So I mean our. D-line is struggling as far as like chemistry-wise. It's been jumbled up a whole lot. So having him come in and give us a boost and a lift for being 19, pretty awesome. Yeah, I called it the blue line shuffle. <laughs> I, I mean, it You're really has definitely been. seen some blue line shuffling going on every game, it seems like, yeah, it's, different pairings. It's different pairing every single game. You're talking about pairings, so I've got the pairings. Well, I don't have a, exactly the pairings, but I have the players who played for the first five games. It's not including tonight since I don't have it yet. <laughs> so for game one, we had Irwin, Subin, Yossi, Ekholm, Emlin, and Weber. Okay. Game two, Boteto jumps in. Yeah, it's, we're already jumbling. Yeah, game three, you've got Gerard jumps in. He jumps in for game four. And then you've got game four, and we'll talk about this in a few minutes. Weber takes the uh, hit in the head or the shoulder, goes off of a concussion protocol. And then in game five, you have... Gerard and Potato jump into the lineup. Yossi out. Yeah, like Yossi out. Three through five. So it's it's been a mess right now. But like I said, actually us starting this well, I think obviously a large part in the people actually generating offense like uh, Forsberg and Subban. Yeah. That has been incredibly key for us actually getting to a better start than we should because honestly, I don't think we should have started off this good considering the amount of defensive injuries yeah. and shuffling we've had. It's been rough on defense, so the offense has really stepped it up in our absence because they're having to score that many more points. I mean, the Philadelphia game, a shootout, 6-5, to five, and we win. Uh, I mean, we're not a six-goal scoring team usually. We're normally like a three-goal scoring team where we'll keep them to one or two goals. You know, it's, it's a yeah. very defensive-minded. Generally, it's a race to three goals. Yeah, it's a race to three where it has not been that case this year. Also... I would say probably the league average in goals has gone up just because of the penalties on the slashing and all that. There's more so goal goaltending averages have been down. So you're going to see more goals scored this year. But that said, 
shuffling our D-line around has been a nightmare, and I'm absolutely surprised that we're doing as well as we have been. I think the most consistent D-line we've had, well, D-pair, I should say, has been Imlo and Subin, yeah. simply for the fact they played together in Montreal. And you know, we're going to jump a little ahead here because we're talking about defensemen. I don't think Emelin's a good fit for the team, actually. Yeah, I mean... He's really, at least not off to a great start yet. He was a pickup he's because a pickup. of he's the supposed, Ellis injury. He's a, I know they said they said he's supposed to be a replacement for Ellis, but he's not. He's a substitution for Ellis. He's not a replacement. Yeah, no one's going to replace Ellis. That is a subs, a direct substitution to the injury. Now, granted, tonight, he actually had a great play. The play, the game just ended, by the way, 4-1. to one. So we just pick up two more points against the Central Division. Opponent. Big win for Big us. Big win. And three on the goal differential. So very good win for us. But Emelin actually had a great diving stop tonight. Got up and generated a three-on-one back the other way, I think. Yeah. Uh, Transition transi- pass. He had, the, he had the block, then was able to get the outlet pass off the board to uh, Forsberg. And then RV put it in with a, just a great, excellent, patient move on the on the keeper there. Um, but Emlyn just doesn't seem to be gelling well as far as the total chemistry, and he's very um, he's very passive. I've noticed that. Like someone comes in the zone, he's definitely not one to pinch up against the boards really quick. He's going to sit back in front of the keeper, and a lot of times he has enough space to do that. And it's a little frustrating because there was a in the the Philadelphia game we were literally watching it. Someone drove into the zone, and he did not pinch up against the board, and it gave him time to to field the puck, g- gain control, and then they had a shot on goal because of that. And it's like, man, he let just, the guy just, literally yeah, skate around him. Yeah, just you know, scoot up a little bit, put some pressure on him on the boards. That's definitely the Preds' games too. That board pressure. Don't yeah, don't sit was, back on your heels. He was brought in as a physical presence because that's what he's known for is his yeah. physicality. But he's not been very physical. And so if you take his physicality out, besides what he did tonight in the Colorado game, he hasn't really just showed up. Well, I'll give him a little bit of credit, or cut him some slack, rather, because it is a new system. He's a new acquisition. He's They're shuffling around the lines. You know, so It might take him a, a little while to fit in the system. We're still really early in the season, you know, maybe six games in. So I'm gonna give him a little more time before I just burn him at the at the stake. But you would like to see it. You're hoping that his play gets elevated a little bit as time goes on, for sure, and especially in the absence of the likes of of Ellis and and that. Now, I know tonight's game, uh, Yossi and Ekholm were paired together on the top line. Ekholm looked sorry, top pair. Ekholm looked fantastic tonight. By he the looked way, really he good. was all over the ice, tons of blocks, sticks in the lane. He had a great diving uh, stick block. Uh, that would have more than likely been a goal. I mean, the back post was completely open with, uh, I think it was Yakupov coming in. Yep. Yeah, that's dangerous. And Pekka had a strong game too. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pex looked Pex looked incredible despite the safe percentage, but once again, more penalties. Give us some time. Yeah, well, there's been more penalties on us. Uh, I'm sure goalie averages across the league have been down. A lot of goals have been getting scored here recently. Um but that said, he's been super strong. If we can get our defensemen in front <laughs> more stabilized, that will that will definitely help us out. Yeah, like you said, he kind of he passes the eye test really well. His stats might not show that quite as much yet, but give it a little time, and his stats will will lift up over the average out over more time, and you'll see those stats start to mimic the actual play, the style or the quality of play that he is performing at right now. Yeah, speaking of quality. You know what's lacking in quality, though? 
What's that? And that's the ref so far this year. And that gets us into game five against the Chicago Blackhawks. A frustrating game. This is obviously our strongest outing of the season. Full 60 minutes, in my opinion. We're playing in Chicago. I mean, it's a madhouse. You got to come out strong. (laughs) Did you do that on purpose? Why? They're called the Madhouse on Madison. Yes. Okay. I, I mean, I knew the name. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's that why I said it. Pun that's why I said it. Okay. But it was a pun with, you know, okay. Thank you, Matt, for that interjection. <laughs> but yes, we were playing at the Madhouse. So you got you to you bring it, okay? You know they're looking out for blood. We swept them last time out. You know, they're ready to kill us. I think their fans are more salty than the team was, actually. Yeah. And we come out and play an incredibly defensive game. I mean, you're talking. Kane, Sharp, Sod, we keep them off the board through three. And in literally the last couple minutes, the game slips out of our hands because of a no call on Irwin. He gets his stick completely ripped out of his hands by Hartman, thrown like 10 feet in the air behind the net, and not a single ref on the ice sees the call. First of all, Lavi... That's a few choice words. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, he was literally red in the face. Lavi gets really red when he's angry, and he literally looked like a lobster on the bench because he was freaking out, and for due reason. It, it's hard, though. I think when he gets that mad, it's fun to play. What word is Lavi saying right now? Because you can just watch his mouth and you There's just a know lot of what Fs. he's saying. A lot of Fs. <laughs> it's just, it's hard because you're not going to have something in place where there's a replay where you can challenge a penalty because that would be that's way too much but at the same time it's really difficult for the refs to see all the penalties and everything that's going on on the ice because it's a fast-paced game but 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 the whole play here's my here's my grief the whole play was condensed inside of our zone it wasn't like it wasn't, it wasn't like the play happened so you know on like both ends yeah on ice. both ends so you have a stretch play and then it happened way down on this end no all of it was in our zone. That meant all four of the refs were freaking watching the puck. They got caught watching. They do this all the time. Let's not even get into the the wave-off goal in the Stanley Cup where the ref's completely out of place. They get caught watching, and I understand. I, I get it. The game is fast. But there's some that you have to get right, and that was one that you have to get right because – it costs us the entire game because, first of all, if they don't score that goal, we end up winning 1-0. Chicago gets zero points. We get two points instead in a Central Division matchup where every single point matters. However, you should know, you need to score more than one goal against Chicago to get a win against them. The 1-0 shutout we got in Game 1 of Round 1 last season, that was a fluke. Oh, it scared me. I mean, because it was just like non-stop assault and Peck played out of his mind um yes I do agree that you need to score more than one goal but at the same time it's frustrating when you play a super solid defensive game and then it it's taken away because of a no call and then of course we go into overtime and I, I literally leaned over to Kyle and I'm like we're, we're done I, I mean this is the Chicago Blackhawks game three on three in overtime you listen to freaking Kane sod <laughs> sharp Taze, are you kidding me? Like, there was one rotation where it was literally, they had just subbed out, and it was like Kane, Sod, and then Sharp, and then, and I'm like, no, we're done. And literally, as soon as I said it, 
saucer pass in between the legs, saw it in front of the net. I mean, you knew that was coming. Absolutely stacked lineup as far as that's concerned. And it's just unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. We played a solid game. And that was a huge shift in points for a Central Division match. So, I know some people said that the overtime loss was Forsberg's fault, but it was not. He was busy being taken down by Kane <laughs> yeah, he in a headlock. Tackled. Yeah, he got tackled. So, which it makes you wonder: you've got the Hartman stick, you've got um, Patrick Kane's basically headlock and takedown of Forsberg, and it goes back to the officiating. We're only six games into the season now, with the conclusion of tonight. How is officiating this bad? Like, I know that they're going to miss some things, but how do you miss just blatantly obvious things that I know as a fan looking down, you can see everything. That's why you got four refs. Do we need a fifth ref? It's like they picked right off where they left last year. I mean, you think you could see a stick flying in the air, (laughs) you know? Is that a bird? What is that? Like, it's freaking flying over the net. You know, losing the game is tough, but losing it because of a bad call, that makes everybody uh, mad. So you really don't like to see that. I have said before, you know, hockey is generally above that stuff, but lately, yeah, the ref, the officiating has been a little salty. It's exactly what you said. They picked off where they stopped last year. I mean, I mean, it literally was really bad in the playoffs, and it wasn't just our team that was talking about it. Terrible calls all throughout the playoffs. We get to the finals, and it's just exemplified even more because it's, yeah, I mean, it's the Penguins. You're going to expect some of the calls to go to them, whatever. It's terrible, but then this year it's just started right off, right from the get go, and you're and you also have these new rules with the slashing, which makes it even more frustrating because like they just graze the hand, and you're gonna get called. Thank you, Sidney Crosby, for that rule. So now we're gonna have tons of power plays. It's incredibly frustrating as a fan to watch this year. Like I know you call like you know your trip in and your cross check and all that, but even just watching games in general from other teams playing. It's like the stick barely touches the club and they're calling it. I think you're being a point of being overbearing. Yeah. Like, I get it. You want to tell the guys. It's like the face-off violations. We've seen that decrease in the first week or so because people have learned, okay, I can't have my skate blades over the hash marks. The slashing will get fixed, but it's given you know special teams the ability to do better than they are. And I think eventually as slashing calls go down, those uh, team stats of special teams will go down. Well, unlike... The refs being terrible. The Jofa line has not been absolutely hot. I mean, smoking hot, actually, through this game because Forgeberg just scored two more assists. They are picking up where they left off as far as the possession and the offensive generating points. RV has been everywhere. <laughs> I don't know if, if y'all have been seeing the same thing I have, but literally even tonight's game, I think it was a four-on-four four, he pushes it down the other way on the ice, and he draws a penalty. Uh, or it's a five-on-four, sorry. Five-on-four. Five-on-four, and he gets the penalty to even it yeah. back up. That's huge. I mean, like, he's just a little energizer bunny out there. I mean, he just keeps going and going and going until he gets something. He's going to get a result. So, RB has got, before the stats are calculated in tonight, so far he's got two goals and one assist for three points. And then he'll have another... He had a golden knight, didn't he? Yeah, yes. that sick move on... Oh, my gosh. And Emelin set him up for? Yeah, it was Emelin to Forsberg to, to RV on the back post when he completely faked the keeper out. Yeah, one good thing telling about RV's play and how it's energizing the Jofa line was, was really telling when you saw the clip 
of Forsberg on the bench chanting RV, RV, Yeah, RV. that was fantastic. That was we amazing. had the gifts of him going, RV, with the crowd. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. It seems like they have obviously the best chemistry on the team because they've been together longer, but you can tell they're like buddy-buddy too. Yeah. Like, Supporting one Joe another. Joe Hansen is a very comical player to begin with, you know, very joking and just kind of like a, a goofy guy. Um, so it, it kind of matches that line's personality. They're all young. They're all, you know, full of energy. And then RV just, I mean, he just gets going. That Golden Knight, though, was super nice. Yep, and tonight's game also saw the return of Freddie Goudreau. Yes, he got called up in, I guess, direct relation to uh, all of our shuffling that's been going around. Yep. He played pretty well. He did well. I mean, Nick Menino got um, scratched tonight. Mm-hmm. He's injured, but they didn't have him on injury reserve, so he's day-to-day. They say lower body, but everybody knows that Twitter said that he had a brace on his ankle, so. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious. It's one of those, we keep pushing him to come back, and I think he really should have sat the first, like, two weeks. He had surgery on his ankle, but. I just think it's funny, though, when players are injured. Thought in hockey is upper body, lower body. When some people are like, no, we can clearly tell you what's wrong with him. Like Weber. Day to day. Checked in the face. Body. Yeah. Just check the replay and you'll yeah, figure yeah, out where it yeah. hurts. It's pretty obvious. Took uh, a shoulder no. to the head. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know. It's, no, it's upper body. Uh, no, 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 upper body. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you try to conceal the uh, where the injury is so they uh, bad guys don't exploit it. But when you have uh, video evidence of, of what went wrong, yeah, it's kind of hard to hide it. Talking about concussion protocols, do you know who uh, recently got put on injured reserve for concussion? Who's that? Flurry. Yes, he did. Golden Knights, baby. They're trying to shine, and then you remove their star player, and guess what happens? They still win. I did feel Below. bad for him, though. Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, I felt great. Well, I mean, I felt... <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> you like to see the good players go down? I felt bad that, you know, he's an injured reserve, but I felt good because P.K. Subban's brother Malcolm got this have his first start, yeah. and Almost. he won against... His, he won against his old team. Yeah. Almost a shutout, too. Almost. 30 seconds away. That that had to be pretty sweet, let me tell you. But I, Golden Knights just blow my mind right they now. They are so. a fun team to watch this year. Yeah. it's 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 been quite impressive. Also, you know who's also been impressive, Kyle? Who's that? Scotty Hartnell. Yes. I, I cannot say enough about this guy. Well, I think you have been, a bit of a crush on him. <laughs> dude, he's getting to the net. He's been that big physical presence that we never had before. And you can tell it means a lot. He he seems rejuvenated this year more so than ever just because he knows he has a legit shot with this team and he's returning home. He gets to finish his career here. He's been looking fantastic. So Nah, he was just done with torts. <laughs> Probably. He reminds me of Holmstrom. who used to play for Detroit a lot. That real net front presence, gritty play, knocking people out of the way, trying to screen the goalie, real a-hole. Yeah. That, but I a mean, great player. Great That's player. what you want. You just, That's the best. You love seeing that, too, on the ice because it's just grit and determination. So absolutely love it. All right. Well, I think we've done enough talking about the games this week. Um, we will have a recap in our next episode of the next several games to go through. So I think it's time we get into our top five. We're bringing it back. So we are. Even for the regular season. We're going to try our hardest to keep top five segments going throughout the uh, regular season. So our top five tonight is, if you were aware of our last episode, we gave our top five predictions, and now we're going to give our top five surprises for the start of the season. Okay, so number five for me is that the Oilers are off to a slow one and three start. 
really Leon Dreisaitl bad. is yeah. injured, and they've just went downhill. Kyle was talking about a reversal of the Oilers. Matt, what do you think about that? Wrong. Wrong. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's just because Dreisaitl's hurt. I mean, give it. Give me more than two weeks before you throw him under the bus. Do you really think Dreisaitl's the heart of that team? Well, he's like the second heart of the team. Second heart. He's the second organ. <laughs> He's uh he's Connor McDavid's uh line mate who helps feed him all the juicy goals. Mm. Well, you know they're also losing tonight as well, three to one at the end of two. And the Hurricanes. Yeah, say so who's beating them? The Hurricanes. By the way, Kyle's preseason prediction: Hurricanes make the playoffs. And so far, I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Five games in, we'll see. Yeah, as of currently, the Oilers are standing. If I can find them on the standings here. They are, uh, and this is going to be to one of my points, they are 29th in the league out of 31. Ouch. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's bad. Four games played, and they've won one game, lost three. They're playing their fifth game of the night, and they're currently losing it. Yep. And out of the eight teams in the Pacific, they are currently number five and out of the playoffs. Yeah, it, it's it's out, out of the, of the playoffs. playoffs. Kyle's talking okay. like we're about to finish <laughs> here in the next week or two. But that said, it is it, it's been pretty dismal start for them, considering how hot they looked towards the end of last year and the preseason predictions of them being really good this year. Very disappointing start. Not as disappointing as the Coyotes, but everyone expected that. So, well, what's your number five, Daniel? Okay, number five, and. It, it, for me, I'm starting off in the Central Division, and it is mini soda, very tiny <laughs> sodas. You know why? Because they're literally dead last in the Central, and I picked them to be first. I did like too. my preseason predictions, uh, they are proving me wrong. It is they are sucking. Uh, there's no <laughs> there's no sugarcoating it. They look terrible, and like it's crazy because last year they looked so dominant, and then kind of slacked off a little bit towards the playoffs, but. They were still such a good team. Great goaltending, too. Non-existent this year. They look absolutely terrible. Um, I'm sorry. They can I told around. you it was going to happen. What, what'd you, what, what oh, was wait, your prediction? predictions? Wait, never mind. That was Dallas. And I'm still right. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, where, where, where are they at right now? Sixth in, in the Central. Four games played. One, one, and two. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. So, so far, not a good start for Minnesota. I think they're going to pick it up, though. I hope they pick it up, though, because my preseason prediction could be terribly wrong. And that just goes to show you the Central Division is crazy. So, Matt, what's your number five? Well, my number five is all the injuries that's been going on, especially with the Predators. you got Yossi start the season hurt, Ellis hurt. You've got, we mentioned a minute ago, Leon Dreisaitl's hurt. Carlson's been hurt. And your precious Dallas Stars Bishop <laughs> oh. had a, a scare the other night. And uh, they were ready. They were ready. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Benino. I, I mean, it's nuts. It's nuts. It's been, it's been crazy to start yes, the season. Yes, it has been. And that's another reason why the league seems to have flipped upside down right now. You're seeing good teams at the bottom, and uh, some of the bottom dwellers are doing pretty well. But uh, give some give, – Give things some time, young grasshopper, and you'll see things start to it, even back it'll out. It'll even out. It's gonna equalize at about forty-one games. You'll that's when that's when I kind of take a big snapshot. Is halfway through the season. Where are you at? Now it's time to turn it on. 
So, Kyle, what's your number four? My number four is dealing with the Capitals. And because of the fact that Alex Ovechkin has nine goals in six <laughs> games. Yeah, he does. Yeah. The man is on fire. And Nicholas Backstrom is leading his team with 11 points. It's crazy. Three goals and eight assists. I was just like, man, already he's doing better than Connor McDavid. Ooh, Suck it, McDavid. Wow. Ooh, Shots fired. Shots fired. But I do believe... Capitals lost tonight. They did. 0-2 against the Maple Leafs, so suck it, oh, Kyle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you get Austin Matthews on that team. I hope he's good, but I don't think he can survive a onslaught of Austin Matthews. So you think the Maple Leafs are better than the Capitals? With Austin Matthews? Yeah. Wow. No way. I don't know about uh, that. First of all, wrong. <laughs> Even though Capitals lost like five or six players this offseason, I still think they're better than the Leafs. The Leafs are great this year, but... Leafs are great, but Austin they started Matthews, off well. Austin Matthews I don't think they're going to be a good that, player. I don't think they're going to be that well the entire season. But yeah, all we'll right. See. What's your number four, Daniel? Okay, number four is more of a general perspective on the league, and I call this one league reversal. Yeah. So today, just for fun, got on the standings, went down to the bottom, and you know what I saw? Four playoff teams, four playoff teams that are currently. 26th through 30th wow. in the league right now. So you're looking at the uh, the Canadians, Montreal Canadiens. They've played five games. They are 1-3-1 one, and one with a minus nine goal differential. Weber and them are getting crushed. New York Rangers, they are, they've played seven games now as of this because I think they just lost now uh, tonight. They are 1-5-1 and one now wow. to start the year. The Edmonton Oilers now playing currently right now, losing, but they've played four games. They're 1-3-0. Oh. And the uh, the San Jose Sharks are four uh, four games played, uh, one win, three losses, and then another minus six goal differential. It, it's been crazy this year so far. I, I I can't believe, actually, some of the reversals. And then if you go to the top... Let's look at who's who's at the top. The New Jersey Devils. Are you freaking kidding me? They're third and the, the fourth now. They lost tonight, of course, to the Lightning, the best team in the league right now. They have played six games. They've won five and lost once. Incredible. If you would have told me that the Las Vegas Golden Knights, the New Jersey Devils, and the Detroit Red Wings would be in yeah, the top baby. in the top ten through the first five games, no. Get you some. Well, Detroit's now on the 11th because they lost the other night, so sorry. But that said, through the first five games, absolutely, absolutely incredible. Uh, It's just been literally a reversal, and I think that goes back to a lot of your comment on the injuries and just teams are getting plagued by uh, these injuries, and I I don't know. I don't know what to say right now. The Red Wings will uh, fall down. Oh, no, they're staying up there. You can see that trend going to continue. Oh, yeah. yeah. They already lost, so they're already at (laughs) 11th now. Their their wings will be clipped. Hey, the Vegas is 4-1. Guess who gave them that loss? Detroit, baby. Get you some of that. Suck it, Kyle. What's your number four? Except they're now 4-2, Detroit. Well, well, Vegas was 4-1. Yeah, but you're now 4-2. Detroit's now 4-2, yep. All right, on to my number four. I'm going to have to agree with Kyle. Alexander Ovechkin has been yeah, on fire. He's on fire. Got dangerously close to getting a hat trick in his first three games. That's insane. But, you know, you could think this would be really higher. He's got 10 points, nine goals, one assist. 
But that's kind of par for the course. Ovechkin seems to always start the season hot and mad that they lose in the playoffs so early. So he starts out hot, but I'm, I still don't have him that much higher because that's kind of par for the course for him. It's, it doesn't make a world of difference later. He seems to not be very clutch on the playoffs sometimes and comes out cold. So I don't really care if he's what he's doing for me right now. What's he going to do for me later? That is true. You know, it seems like capitals are only built for a regular season. They're not built for playoffs. You got to have more production from your players, except passing to Ovechkin. Everybody knows he stands in the left circle, get him the puck. He's going to score, but that won't cut it for you in the playoffs when teams are more defensively minded because they want to basically grind for the long haul to get as far as they can. So Kyle, what do you got for number three? My number three is the Vegas Golden Knights. Was very surprised but not really having James Neal on that team oh. of how well they're going to do. Vegas is at a four and one so far as of this recording. Uh, Neil and Flurry are obviously the stars. Flurry is on injured reserve. We just talked about Neil has six goals in five games and three of them have been game winning goals. Mr. Clutch. Yeah, he's, he's been on fire for them. I think it's one directly correlated to, uh, he is the offense <laughs> for them. <laughs> he is the so, team. Uh, I mean, he gets more touches. I mean, it's just simply put, he's going to get more shots on goal than anyone, and he's going to take more of the shots because he's got the best shot. I mean, it's just, it's as plain as could be. Uh, Flurry now out, though. I don't think Subban is going to be able to hold it down quite like Flurry as long. I mean, Flurry's now in uh, long term injury reserve, correct? Yeah. Yeah. But this so, is not his first bout with a concussion, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, but that said, I don't think I think it's going to average out. I think the Knights are going to start coming down now. Uh, granted, by the way, spoiler alert: they were my number three surprise team. Nice. So I'm not going to rehash everything. This is my number three. But that said, I do think they will come down. Incredible start, though. It's a franchise team. It's nice to see they're doing well. Uh, they're the underdogs, so it, I always root for the underdog. They're fun to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a expansion team, you're like, how are you good? Like, you just took all these hodgepodge players, and then at the end of the year, you're going to dump them anyways just to get draft picks. You know, it's that's what they're, that's the mentality of a franchise team. They're proving us wrong this year. It's been absolutely fantastic. So go ahead, Matt. They have been fun to watch for sure, and my number three has been another player that's been fun to watch is Samuel Gerrard for you guys wow. coming in. Uh, another Sammy Gerard as right. as uh, Mason and the boys. Say. Sammy G. Sammy G. Go ahead. Another uh, first time player coming up and uh, and having a good showing, filling in the gap for you guys nicely. We already mentioned him a little bit, uh, so not much to say. Gerard spin. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. he he loves that little spin move. Yeah, gives us uh, gives him a little bit of space too to use his speed. So he's been utilizing that fairly well. Kyle, what do you got for number two? Well, number two was actually the team we just played against. The fact that the Colorado Avalanche are on fire. Go ahead. Well, we're just mind sinking. I know. You know, as they were saying on television back here earlier, um, Colorado is off to a quick start. This is not the team they had last year. Duchesne is, you know, I'd say he's kind of mad, but I think he's probably <laughs> oh, taking. Yeah, he's, 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 he's pissed. Like, <laughs> no, he's, he's Kyle, taking, he's taking that anger shots. <laughs> He's taking the anger and he's throwing it into the team. The team is responding. His team's going to grow into one giant hulk of a monster. But yeah. What is so, this? A Marvel comic book? What is this? Just amazing. And I was actually kind of wondering with Duchesne being in town tonight, if Paul didn't, like, hey, can we? 
have a few words with him. I mean, yeah, because of what we did with Cody McLeod last season. We went to Colorado and traded for Cody McLeod while in Colorado. Yeah, so, that was a big... Uh, I mean, we got him for a steal last year, too. I don't know what Sackick's doing. He, he he let some players go for dirt cheap, and then others, like Duchesne, he's like, nope, I'll take your firstborn child, and you're going to need to sign in blood. I, I mean, it's it's ridiculous at this point. Sackick is stupid, and I still stand by my um, assertion that... Assertion or assumption? Assumption. Okay. That there's a good chance if something doesn't get worked out with you, Shane, this could be his last season as the Avalanche uh, general manager. So not including tonight, which the Avalanche were my number two surprise as well. Nice. So we're, you and I are on the yeah, same wavelength. We're just mind sinking right now. That said, through our um, current games, Chicago, uh, the Chicago God, uh, the Colorado Avalanche have played seven. They've won four and lost three. Much better than last year. Do you know how many points they had last year total? 48. No. They already have eight. Okay, you're off to a way better start. Uh, a lot of that's been their goaltending has been solid. Duchesne's out to a good start. He's actually, I mean, he's actually doing well and producing. I thought that was going to be a little different, um, but he is living up to his interview where he said he's going to play for his teammates that everyone gave him a ton of flack for and thought it was unprofessional. Well, he's speaking on the ice. He's going out there playing strong to hopefully get a good contract with another team next year. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's that's really where he's at right now. He's going he go to go to play. With, yeah, he doesn't want to play for for uh, for Colorado, so he he's going to play strong this year and get a good contract with the team he wants to play for next year. What would happen if Vegas got him? I, I don't know. I couldn't see that. I think Vegas, after this year, it goes into into draft mode as far as farming. Because they don't want it to be like a one and done. Okay, we have a little spurt and then nothing for 10 years. You have to farm in this league with the salary cap. Yeah, They're going to dump a bunch of players. It's going to be a farm team next year. So that's just that's just going to be how it is. Yes, it will take them a few years to get people in their system and trained up. And that's just, it's a, it's a good process. Typical franchise team. Yeah. So, Well, speaking of that typical franchise team, they're my number two. Uh, not only are they doing well at four and one Vegas, but... As a franchise team, they are the new kid on the block. They're exciting to watch. Everybody knows I root for the rookies and the underdogs. Same. And I have been enjoying watching them, really. The only thing I haven't liked is, is their, 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 their mascot freaking guy. mascot, the Gila Monster. You don't like Chance? He looks like you took Barney, Barney and mixed him with the... Thing. No, the, the Hulk. The, no, 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 the Thing. I'm sorry. It's yeah. a thing. Yeah, from, it's the Thing. Yeah. It, yeah, it's rough. It's a little rough. You know he's better, though? He's better than Hunter the Lynx for the Oilers. <laughs> yeah, I don't like him. That said, though, um, Vegas is the first expansion team ever to win their first three games. Yeah. I, I mean, they've literally shocked us at how well they've done. I always just kind of enjoy and root behind the people that reinvigorate and energize the league. And Vegas, what Connor McDavid did last year to start the season this year, Vegas is doing that. And it's exciting for, for hockey just in general. Did you see what uh, Vegas does? They score a goal. They have a drum line that comes out. Oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, yeah. they've, got drummer, the, so. they've got a castle actually built into their arena, <laughs> and a drum line comes out and plays. That's cool. Made me think of you, because I was like, oh, Daniel could do that. I'm going to have to look that up now. I'll, I'll I'll YouTube it after the episode. And not to mention, their uh, Twitter personality guy oh is my on God. fire. Yeah, he's, he's, he's lit. People. He's just like sniping everybody. He, I know the preseason smack 
with him and the Sharks was hilarious. And now the Sharks are tanking, no pun intended. Jeez, um, wow. I'm on the pun train tonight. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry for the listeners out there. It's bad. Just deal with it. But yeah, I, they, they've been tanking. And then on top of that, it's just fueling the fire for this Twitter guy. I want to meet him. I want to know the man behind the Twitter handle because he's killing it right now. Do you see the one he had the other day? tweeting at the Red Wings he said what do Vegas and Detroit have in common is they both didn't make the playoffs last year oh. <laughs> it hurt my feelings a little bit yeah. I was laughing and crying at the same time yeah but time. you gotta admit that's good that was like, good yeah but it was it definitely poured salt in the wind yeah. it makes me wonder what they're gonna shoot at us when we play them yeah. oh god it'll be something with catfish or something country music related but still worth it the guy's on fire well all right that brings me to my um number, number one, one. And it deals with our team. I am honestly shocked and surprised that Forsberg is up to the Ag- start. He gum is. It, Kyle. I'm done. Clock me out. My number you just one. Threw everything on the table. I'm done. Sorry. Go ahead, Kyle. That's that's it. I'll let you. You know, you've probably got everything written down that I would. So I'll let you have it. <laughs> no, no. It, I mean, we're we're literally going to say the same thing. If we add in tonight, he has uh, what is it? Five goals now. Four assists. Four assists, nine, nine points. points through six games. And I guarantee you the way he's going, that even though when this gets recorded, well, when we finish recording and get it published out, this will probably be incorrect and obsolete. Yeah, I mean, where the crap has this been the last two seasons? I mean, seriously. It took him 34 games to get four goals, was it? it, it last season? That's incredible. It took four games for that to happen this year. I mean, he's on fire, and that's been a, a lot of, like I said, going back to it. Don't want to rehash it, but that has been our success through these first um, six games, really. With our defense struggling and everyone swapping out, we needed the offense to pick up the slack and score a lot of points, and Forsberg has. Uh, you might throw in a side note, Subban also. Uh, what does he have, seven assists now? I mean, that's incredible. Six assists six, and a goal. Six assists and a goal. Great start for him. And defensively, he's looked fantastic this year. Absolutely been a rock. And we've needed him <laughs> to be that rock because it's been so fluid. Um, so, yeah, uh, side side uh, preseason or actual, you know, shocker has been uh, both of them coming out really strong. But Forsberg is just, he's sniping right now. He just looks in it. The Jofa line looks strong, and I think that'll feed it as well. Because if if Joe Hansen starts to get hot and gets those nice dishes, it's only going to help. It's only going to help Forsberg. Well, speaking of point scoring machines, I'm going to mention for my number one something we actually haven't talked about yet, which was opening night. The Blackhawks dished ten oh goals on the Penguins. It it was a that burn. was a statement game. It was a burn. It, Patrick Kane put on a clinic. The Top whole, shelfers. No, the whole team put on a clinic. It was dumb. I think you were quoted as saying it looked like the Harlem Globetrotters on the yeah. ice, and it did. I'm talking like spinoramas, 360 moves. In oh, bet- yeah. In between the let, the cane, the first goal. No look, back cane, pass. Look, no look behind him in between the legs right across the crease in front of the net for that goal. No. It was stupid. The it was Penguins, like the video Peng- game stuff out yeah, there. Yeah, it was video game, EA Sports. I mean, they looked like a high school team. I, they literally made the Penguins look like a high school team. It blew my mind, actually. 
And it also scared me a little bit because I was and like, against they're the in our penguins, division. no doubt. And they're in our division. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, crap, maybe getting the band back together was a good idea. Since then, they've cooled off a little bit, whatever. But that opening night was like a, hello, welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> welcome Crosby. to opening night, baby. Yeah, it was, that was bad. Oh, my goodness. I would have loved to have been at that game and just watched the Predator, or the, the Penguins just get destroyed. That's the one time I could root for Chicago. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's that's like a uh, lesser, of two, lesser evils, of yeah. two evils for me because it's like, man, I really don't want to cheer for Chicago. But at the same time, I really hate Sidney Crosby, and they just beat us in the finals. So I would actually would cheer for Chicago in that because I don't, I just don't like Pittsburgh. They, man, ten to ten to one. It looked you, like a freaking football game. I was like, I checked the score and I'm like, they've scored a touchdown and a field goal. I had a lady at work who I used to work with who was a Pittsburgh fan, and she would rub it in our face all the time how great they were. And so when um, she left right before, um, right after um, Chicago put that drubbing on Pittsburgh, so I got a nice little going away of, hey, look, your team isn't as good as it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, absolutely incredible. It was fun to watch, but looks like uh, we might be wrapping up tonight, but Preds do win again. Yep. Game six. Late night for us. Got Late the win. Night. Got we the... might have to keep doing this during games if that gets I, wins. Well, I mean, we're very uh, a little stitious. We're a little, I'm not superstitious. Not superstitious I'm just, just a little, little. stitious. <laughs> so we might have to record on the next uh, next game too. But solid win against Colorado tonight. Four to one. Uh, power play was cooking. Joe Feline was cooking. I mean, RV looked great. Again. We couldn't ask for more. Uh, so Forsberg got two more assists. I'm not going to recap the whole thing now, but solid game overall, and we're off to a much better start, by the way. Three, two, and one. So, uh, especially the last last four games, I mean, if you think about it, we started the first two with losses, but in our last four games, we've picked up um, seven out of eight possible points. I would take that any day. So, we're, we're on the right track. So, before we close up for the night, um, just want you to know there will be about five games that we'll be covering on our next recording schedule. And Daniel, you got those games? Yeah, we got Philly away on Thursday. We have another away game against the New York Rangers on Saturday. We also will have Calgary at home on the 24th on the Tuesday. We will have another game away in Chicago. uh, That will be Friday on the 27th. And then the fifth and final game will be against the Islanders at home on Saturday the 28th. That's a back-to-back. That's going to be a rough stretch for us. Uh, Chicago and the New York Islanders before our next game and we get to recap it all. Awesome. And with that, we're going to close the show up. This has been Music City Gold hosted by Penalty Box Radio. If you want to reach the show on Twitter, you can find us at Music City Gold. You can find me at Kyle Hancock. Matt has a Twitter at MattBain31. I'm getting one. Don't look at me. Don't look at I'm me. I'm looking at I'm you. I'm getting one. You said that two I weeks will get ago. One. I've been very busy. Kyle, I've been running half marathons. Okay. You know, cut me some slack. Do I have to make it for you? No. I have that one from something else that I'm going to convert. Okay. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you we're too. Gonna, we're we're going to get it done. I Go don't ahead. see any truth Sign in your off. eyes. Sign off, Kyle. All right, fine. This has been Music City Gold, hosted by Penalty Box Radio. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you on the ice. Mm-hmm.